Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Hey guys, it's Morgan Seggers. Thanks for coming back to the show. If you haven't yet, hit subscribe. I am on the road right now and I'm going to be for the next couple days. So it was easier for me to do some question answer episodes. I love doing these and I get a lot of question submissions. So we should have plenty of, of opportunity for content here. Let's get into it. All right, before we get into the first question, MyPillow is excited to announce the original MySlippers are back in stock just in time for the holidays. Last Christmas, you made our slippers the number one selling MyPillow product, and now they have added smaller sizes, larger sizes, wide sizes, and all the new colors. What makes MySlippers different is the exclusive four-layer design that you're not going to find in any other slippers. MySlippers patented layers make them ultra comfortable, extremely durable, and they help relieve the stress on your feet from all the running around this holiday. Wear them anytime, anywhere, and save $90 off with promo code MORGAN. That's only $49.98 a pair. You'll absolutely love my slippers, and now they're also extending the 60-day money-back guarantee until March 1st, 2023, making them the best gifts ever. So go to MyPillow.com, use promo code MORGAN, or call 1-800-738-8374 and use promo code MORGAN to save $90 on the original my slippers. That's only $49.98 a pair. Quantities won't last, so be sure to order now. Thanks, guys. So question number one, I saw a few questions that are asking, what am I speaking about at Mar-a-Lago? So I'm actually going for two things in a row. The first day, I'll be there for Turning Point USA's annual fundraiser. It's a riot. It's, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. It's definitely not an Antifa riot, but it's a riot of fun. You know what I mean? It's it's really nice to see all my friends. I used to live in Arizona where a lot of the Turning Point contributors live near headquarters, and I don't anymore. So I really haven't seen all my friends in, in quite a long time, and I'm going to uh, look forward to checking in with them. And that'll be an actual dinner. I've gone twice so far. I think this, yeah, this will be my my third time at this event. And it's always super fun. I like it because it's really a good reminder. All the donors are there and they basically have these tables and they do this like auction kind of thing. And I don't even know how much like I should be saying because it's kind of like, you know, <laughs> it's more of like uh, you have to be there kind of thing. So I'm going to explain it kind of badly. But basically when they shout out what their donation is going to be because the whole crowd is kind of like going crazy and everybody's shouting out what they're going to donate for the next year because everybody's all rallied up. The donors will do something like I have I have five kids and so I'm going to donate X amount for each of the kids. And that is a total of blah, blah, blah times five this amount for the future of our country, I care about what my children are going to be doing in the future. I care about their future experiences, and I am going to donate to Turning Point USA. So it's always like a really cute speech that has to do with the donor's children or grandchildren or just the fact that they know so many young people and they kind of number them out and say, I'm giving X amount because I have this many children and I want to give this amount per kid. And it's just a really cute way of doing it, and I always enjoy the experience. And it's also Super fun, of course, to just get dressed up with your friends, not going to lie, around the holidays. So that's going to be the case. And then the next morning I have, on Sunday morning, I have the brunch. It's like a, a midday kind of thing for Moms for America. 
Now, that's like super fangirl stuff for Morgan, okay? I, I love anything to do with family and culture and homeschooling and encouraging women to embrace femininity. And so the fact that they were like, hey, do you want to come to this? I peed my pants, basically. And so I, then they were like, what if you did the pledge before we began? And then it turned into one of the women from the organization at the top. She called me and she was like, listen, I've been watching your videos and I think you should say a few words while you're here. Is that possible? Like, do you think you give a little mini speech before the things actually begin? And then you could say the pledge. And I was like, huh, I've never been nervous before you guys. But when she asked me to do that for Moms for America, I was like, I don't know if I'm capable. So that she said she wanted it to be more about kind of like the core of what a lot of my other content is, which is as a young woman, like, what do I strive for as a young American female? What do I want to do in life? What do I hope for this country and and really positive outlook on it? And so I said, oh, my gosh, uh, can I? <laughs> I I asked her for the links. I was like, can you send me the links of the videos that you watched? Because she was like, I saw your videos and they were so good. Um, So I was like, oh, geez, what did I say? And now I'm overthinking it. Can you see? I bet you could probably tell I'm like talking really fast right now. It's because I'm kind of like, wait, what does one even say? <laughs> As if I haven't done this so many times. Um, so for some reason, I'm fangirling too hard and I need to stop it before that event happens and we'll see how it goes. On top of that, I thought that it was a dinner, so I ordered another gown. It's not. It's a brunch. And I have plenty of my Prairie Girl dresses. One of them will work. So that's what that turned into. <laughs> and luckily, I have some other outfits here because I'm up in New York visiting my parents. So that's kind of funny. Okay. The next question is a good one. Here we go. Should I avoid dating vaxxed women for fears of problems with pregnancy, etc.? Oh, boy. Now, I should probably say this. I'm not a doctor. I am not going to give you health advice. I am not trying to be some health expert for you guys. But from that health perspective, because this is a young man asking me about, you know, if this vaccine could have a potential impact, all I will say is that, you know, nothing is for certain, but the unknown risks and the impacts that we still don't know about and the ones that we're kind of seeing spark up a little bit as time goes on, you know, those are definitely something to consider. Especially if you are a woman, you guys, considering getting the vax or not, or if you're considering getting a booster. If you're a young woman, please just make sure that you're doing the proper research and you're checking out the impacts that it's having on women's reproductive systems, and especially women that are, are pregnant or trying to get pregnant. Please just take a look at that. I'm not going to comment on it. Maybe in the future. Now, however, however, I'm going to give you my answer from a non-health perspective. How about that? My question would be, if you're really wondering, like, am I supposed to ask a person that I'm trying to date or potentially seeing a future with, am I supposed to ask them straight up, are you vaccinated? My question for you would be, don't you want to be equally yoked with your spouse? It's kind of an important topic, right? This isn't just you being judgy or you're not asking them how much money they make. You're not asking them personal questions regarding frivolous, materialistic things because uh, if you don't make a lot of money, then you're not going to be able to date me. And uh, if you have a lot of student debt, I'm not interested. You know what I mean? Like there's definitely stuff that you got to be you know, sensitive with. And this is something you should be sensitive with, but it's definitely something you should be finding out about your partner before you move forward into the more serious stages. Now, I personally believe because it's such a prevalent topic these days, this is not something where you're going to have to like awkwardly be like, listen, 
I have a serious question. Are you vaccinated? I feel like just because of the state of the country and how politicized everything is, how prominent of a a topic it is, it's probably going to naturally come up for you. So it's more about how do you handle the discussion? How do you handle the topic if you're like on your first date or you're later into dating and you're you're kind of talking about politics now and maybe you talk about the the vaccine or whatever it is because it's just all around us. You know what I mean? So I definitely wouldn't worry about being like on the first date. Are you vaccinated or not? Because it's probably going to naturally come up. Now, back to the question of don't you want to be equally yoked with your spouse? In my opinion, I'll give you my perspective as a young woman trying to find a husband. What does them getting the vax say about them? And I don't mean as like, oh, it means they're an idiot. (laughs) I just mean, you know, it kind of shows you their worldview. And first of all, it isn't something you can quickly assume. Okay, so first you got to find out why did they get the vax if they did get the vax. Why did they get it? To keep their job? Or are they struggling with a serious other health risk? And perhaps in all of the big serious evaluation that they took of it, the vax and the risk that they knew that was going to come with the vax was a more worthy and, you know, legitimate risk to take than compared to the risk that COVID presented them when they had this serious health issue. Because that's like, okay, you know what I mean? It's like if they put the thought into it and they had all these different circumstances and they really struggled with it, but they decided to take the less risky thing, which to them in that situation, which I personally think is kind of rare, they decided to take the vax, then it's like, okay, well, you can't rush to judge them on that. But here's where it's like an absolute no for me, you guys. Did they just take the vax because they thought it was the right thing to do? It's what Fauci said. It's what all the celebrities said. It's what everybody in their influential circle said, even if they were like a healthy 24-year-old young woman because she's a sheep. Did they take it because they are just a sheeple? If that's why they did it, I'm not saying I wouldn't date them because, oh my gosh, they've got nasty stuff in their body from the vaccine. I would simply not be attracted to them. (laughs) Are you following me? I would be turned off, I would not be attracted to somebody that had the mindset and the mentality around the political stuff going on in the country, around the vaccine, around autonomy over their own body, when we have none, I'm going to say no, but a very small amount of science and information on the impacts of the vaccine, I would not really be attracted to someone that would look at all the stuff going on and say, geez, want to know what I should do as a healthy 20-something-year-old? I should get vaccinated. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? So that's how I approach it. Now, also from the woman's perspective, from me, it's like I personally think that men should lead the values of the family. I'm Christian. I want the man to lead and make sure that our family is on a strong path. I want him to be vocal about that. And not only with faith, but also with politics, with what we support as a family, with our involvement in the community, with standing up for freedom, with standing up for certain core values that our nation was built on. Like that stuff really matters to me. I don't, I I just can't really get excited about something if I feel like I'm the only one. I mean, come on. Like I, you guys know what I do. It's like, I'm me. I really can't be with someone who's like, oh yeah, I'd I never pay attention to that. I don't have any idea what you're talking about, Morgan. It's just not something that seems like, wow, that's going to last for decades. (laughs) So for me, I'm looking for a guy that can also care about those things and want to lead the family on them. And my concern would be like, wow, how am I going to trust a man to protect me and my children one day 
if another situation like this all happens, and he, when he was making decisions for himself and for his own body when he was in his single phase, was making terrible decisions like, geez, let me get vaccinated. Let me fall for what the government propaganda was saying. Let me trust the experts. Like, I want somebody that's running with me and equally yoked with me in all the different ways. So that's my perspective. And then I think, too, you know, I'm trying to put myself in the place of a guy. I would definitely want the woman in my life to be caring about what's going in her body, thinking about the potential impacts, and hopefully also keeping in mind the future stages of life, like motherhood, And when you see all of the iffy science about the impacts on fertility, on reproductive systems, on all of that kind of stuff with a woman's body and the vax, it's like, eh, I would hope that my future wife would be a little hesitant to do something like that. So it it all just goes into like, what is their current mindset and mentality, not just with the vax, but with the state of the world, with the freedom of choice and the freedoms that we have in this country? Because it can kind of be evaluated if you just take a look at things like their vac status. Bottom line, you guys got to be on the same page. And this is an important thing. All right. Next question. What's your opinion on what's going on in Arizona's elections? Mm. Uh, It's a complete sham. Okay. You have the Democratic person running, Katie Hobbs, as the literal secretary of state. What does the secretary of state do? She's in charge of the elections. She should have recused herself. That's the the big thing right away is how, how was this allowed to have happened? Next, you had the concerning county, Maricopa County, not verifying, certifying the election results because there's been so much news breaking about how broken the electoral process was in that county. That being said, Katie Hobbs, the secretary of state, the Democratic candidate and all of her henchmen, they decided they sent like a memo. Apparently, it just got exposed today. I'm filming this. What is it? Filming this on Thursday. It just got exposed recently that she sent a notice to the council that was supposed to be voting, the actual officials that are voting to certify the election or not. She sent them a letter that said, You will face jail time if you refuse to certify this election. So then you had the guy show up to the certification day and he says, I am voting yes under duress. Because I was threatened with jail time if I did not vote yes. So here I am voting yes, but I am not happy about doing so. He admits that. Okay, it's a scam. And I cannot believe that this is happening. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, my expectations are very low these days. So maybe I figured that this would happen eventually, right? (laughs) Ooh, someone said, I'm Brazilian and looking to move to the U.S., What would be the best state, preferably Republican? Oh, this is like my favorite question. Uh, So I am from upstate New York, a communist place, and I can't stand it. So I am trying to get my family to greener pastures, safer states, because at the end of the day, let's do a little history lesson. Our country is a decentralized constitutional republic rooted in federalism. So it's all these different states that can have their own policies, their own way of life, their own way of doing things, but they have to abide by the very small amount of federal law. That's the original intent of our founders, and what do you know, it's now completely out of control. But at the end of the day, our saving grace, the thing that could really keep America safe during such a time of turmoil, I should say, is the fact that we have individual independent states. Because no matter what they're doing in California— it doesn't really have an impact on a state like Florida. So if you want, you can go live in Florida and you can go live under the rules and laws of Florida. And that's one thing, right? Like you can pick and choose where you want to set up your life. But what's so beautiful about it is in such a state of turmoil that we are in, 
I truly believe we are in a very bad situation. After the last couple of years, you've seen how some politicians in America, some governors, some federal level people, even some some local people, how they believe we should be handling certain moments of uncertainty and fear in our society, like a pandemic. They want to shut things down. They want to tell you what to do. They want to force you to stay in your home. They want to threaten you by taking away your job unless you agree to get a vaccine that is now proven to be completely ineffective. That's what they believe in doing to us. They believe in shutting down churches, having kids stay home for two years, looking at their laptop screens for two years, telling it's okay, kids are resilient, they'll bounce back, blah, blah, blah. That's what they believe. I don't know about you, but that's horrifying to me. And that's not just at the the state level, but it's at the federal level too. So when we have a leader at the federal level like Biden, it's hard for us to just be like, yeah, well, just don't live in a state like California. You'll be fine. No, no, no. The federal government's role in our lives is now so, so oppressive, so far beyond what our founders intended that you do need to make sure not just that you live in a a good state because, oh, it's got low taxes and, oh, it's affordable and the houses are affordable here and it's really nice and it's warm. No, no, no. You need to live in a red state with a strong, strong system of government in that state and leaders that understand their role in the keeping of the republic. We have a system of checks and balances, not just between our three branches of federal government, the executive, legislative, judicial, but we also have checks and balances and separation of power between the federal government, the state governments, and then the local governments and the individual people, us, the voters. And so what's becoming more and more important in this age of absolute frickin' tyranny, sorry for saying the F word, not the bad, bad F word, but I said frickin', I'm trying not to do that anymore. What's really going to be important is having state-level leaders that can tell the federal government to shove it, to leave our people alone, to back off, and to reference the Constitution every single time they do it. What has Governor Ron DeSantis been doing? He has been protecting the people of Florida in his state as governor by using federalism, by looking at the federal government and saying, absolutely not, okay? And he's able to do that because Florida and similar states that are taking action and doing so, they are making sure that they are not financially dependent on the federal government. When states are super in debt, when states are super bloated with their welfare programs and with all of their spending and they need to use federal taxpayer dollars, which brings in federal government hands in the decision making of stuff – They are then dependent on the federal government and the the government at the federal level can be like, hey, you've got to do X, Y, Z or we're pulling your funding. And then the state is so dependent on that money, they go, "Okay, yes, sir, we'll do whatever you say. Florida is now it's in such a great economic and financial state that it can tell the federal government to back off. We don't need you. We aren't interested. We are not going to take the carrot in exchange for doing any of your dirty demands. Please leave us alone. So when you are moving to a state, whether you're not from this country and you're coming here and you're kind of confused of like, oh my gosh, there's 50 to choose from. Or if you're an American and you're trying to get out of a blue state, please consider not just the little things like tax level and stuff like that, but truly consider the independence of a state in their budget, in their financial dependency on the federal government. In their structure, what does it look like? Do they have a bunch of incompetent politicians that are just super corrupt? Because state government is often really corrupt. So it's really important to consider the fact like, wow, is there a pretty strong Republican House and Senate 
and governor in that state? Or is it basically like purple and kind of flip-flops back and forth between each year? Or is it pretty much blue and it's only just turned a little bit red? Or is it like Florida where it's just wabam, okay, Republicans are in control? So those are kind of the policy levels. On top of that, when it comes to lifestyle, I would really encourage you to consider a few really important things that people often overlook. One of them is weather. Okay, so for me, I want a homestead. I want to be on a self-sufficient property, growing uh, most of my food, and I definitely want to be outside frolicking in the fields. Okay, you know what I mean? I cannot stand in upstate New York how you are basically locked inside a majority of the year unless you go skiing, and it's super expensive. So for me, I love skiing, but I hate the fact that I cannot walk outside and just be barefoot and enjoy the sun and get some warm weather, some sunshine on my skin, that kind of stuff. Now that I'm older and I've lived in warmer states, I've lived in colder states, I really, really love that about warmer states. The ability to be outside, get fresh air, sunshine, all the good stuff. So please consider that as well. I mean, people complain about the humidity in the southeast and in Texas and stuff, but then they complain about the dry heat in Arizona. I've got to say, I like them both. Okay, they both have their benefits. I would just say that the southeast... It's a little more fertile than Arizona. You know what I mean? You could get a greenhouse. I'm going to go too far down the, the homestead rabbit hole here right now, but I'll stop myself. The next thing to consider is the education policy if you have children. You need to be looking at the garden zones, of course, but then also look at the homeschool policies, the school choice policies, and the public school quality of the state that you're moving to because education is a state-level situation here in America. We have the Department of Education at the federal level. It's unconstitutional, but at the end of the day, the state-level education policies really, really matter because they could determine if you could even possibly get your kid out of a nasty public school if you wanted to try, okay? So that's really important to me. Like if I move and I officially know what state I'm going to, I am going to reach out to my contacts in that state and do whatever it takes to save the education policy in that state if I have to, if it's not fixed yet. <laughs> I just don't know where I'll, I'll go yet. <laughs> um, speaking of homestead stuff, someone asked, what's your favorite dessert to make? I would say I'm really bad at answering specific questions like this, but I just love seasonal things when it comes to cooking and baking. I like making things seasonally that are seasonally appropriate and that are locally available. You know what I mean? Like things that I could get available in the local, local farmer's market by month. So personally, I like love berries and cream stuff in the hot seasons and then apple pie in the fall and then Christmassy things like cookies and, and warmer pies in the winter when it's the, the colder season. So I just love that so much. And I think it's really fun. And it's kind of like a challenge. You know what I mean? And again, same thing with cooking. I also love soups. Someone said Costco membership increased by $15 this year. How have you been able to deal with this? I've, I'll be honest. I've, I don't think I've ever been in a Costco. I've heard about it, though. And I've seen some Instagram videos on it. And it looks like a really cool place. It looks like a place I would enjoy. Right now that I'm in upstate New York with my parents because of all the stuff going on, I've got to admit, I love it here. It's definitely cute. It's definitely fun to live in a boonies country town until it's time to go grocery shopping. There's like a tiny little, tiny, tiny little shop in town where we are that's like 15 minutes away, but I don't. I wouldn't even qualify that as a grocery store. And then if you drive like 25 minutes out, you can get to Hannaford, but I'm going to be honest, I am a freak when it comes to caring about ingredients and labels. It's highly important to me, okay? And so I cannot stand to eat anything that's not organic at this point because I just know too much. It freaks me out. I do not enjoy consuming toxic materials into my body. 
And so when I'm in Texas, I live next to some really great stores like H-E-B, amazing place. I love H-E-B. But at the current situation that I'm in with upstate New York, let's just say there's like some organic tomatoes available in the produce aisle and that's about it. And so I've been on the hunt for a better grocery store if anybody has options. I'm, I mean, I'm considering even like Amazon ordering things or like a delivery thing for organic food. I don't know, but I literally cannot convince myself to eat anything else at this point. Oh, someone asked, what's in the smoothie you're always drinking in the mornings? I drink a blueberry smoothie in the morning because it's really good for you. Apparently, it's good to start your day with blueberries because of the nutrients they have in you. And so in you, in in them, the nutrients and the berries. Um, and so I used to just, if it's like a summer month, I'll eat a handful of blueberries in the morning, but then I make a protein, like Greek yogurt, blueberry smoothie, usually to start off my day. And then two hours later, I have coffee. <laughs> okay, someone asked, what was um, your first job? Okay, my first job was a diner girl in my town. I worked at the local diner. It was like a two-minute drive away from my house. And I truly learned the meaning of grinding at that diner okay i've never worked so hard in my life i've never been so humbled before in my life because it was a scary environment almost of how intense it was at this cute little diner and i definitely like fantasized about being in the cinderella story with the roller skates and stuff but we never got roller skates that's actually how i got into roller skating though i don't know if you guys know this but i roller skate like the kind the retro kind with the four wheels it's because i was working at the diner wishing i worked at a cooler diner that allowed me to roller skate. And here we are now, still falling on my knees constantly. But yeah, basically there, I would say I learned the value of a dollar because I earned 15% of the waitress's tips. I was the busser. I was not the waitress. And so I was cleaning the tables, setting the tables, helping the dishwashers in the back, prepping all the food, like cutting the lemons and stuff. I swear you guys, never take a lemon wedge from a restaurant that seems sketchy. Because I know, because I've cut those lemon wedges and I was nasty with my hands. Okay, I would like clear table and then I'd cut lemons. I don't think that that was appropriate, but I was like a teenager and I didn't really know much better. And I never accept lemons in my drinks at restaurants because of that experience. (laughs) Um, I was also, speaking like the 15% thing, I basically calculated in my head how much I could earn per table that I would clear because that's mostly what I was doing um, with all the dirty dishes and stuff. And so I was like really grinding, right? I, I came home one time and I had I would have like maple syrup because I, I did the breakfast ship. I would have maple syrup on my belly button. How did that even happen? Or like sauce just just down my pants and I had it on my elbows. Like I was just covered in people's food all the time and I hated it so much. And it was definitely a good experience, but I really, really did not enjoy cleaning people's dirty plates. It was a struggle. And people eat with like breakfast food and syrup and stuff. It was just so much. It was such a mess all the time. Needless to say, I calculated that I basically earned about a quarter per table. And on my best days, I kid you not, my best days, I would earn up to $80 a day. And so in one shift, if I'm earning like a quarter per table because people don't tip very much if they're getting like a cheap breakfast meal. You know what I mean? It's like three to four dollars and I'm getting 15% of that. I would get maybe around a quarter per table that I cleaned and I would take that $80 in ones and put it in a shoebox. And eventually I realized I should probably get a bank account. So that's how that happened. One time I was actually so hungry 
because I this is kind of frustrating and I feel bad for workers in this situation because I experienced it personally. But like your boss, they will give you a shift just short enough that you aren't given a lunch break or time off. And apparently I found out that I probably was supposed to be getting like a break, but I never really would get those. And so I was working just under the legal requirement to earn like the 30 minutes of lunch or whatever. And so I never got that and I never got a break and I would get so hungry. I would eat like 10. This is really bad. And I'm looking back on it like, oh no. Uh, I would eat like 10 saltine cracker packets in a shift, just however I could. And I would like shovel those things down because they would be near the soup section and back in the kitchen. And that's really the only food I could really find for myself. And I I also like didn't want to be rude and have my food out because it was just a really weird environment. You know what I mean? I think this experience gave me a better understanding for like if people are working with you or working for you, like you want to make sure that they feel really comfortable and that you've explained everything to them in terms of like, hey, this is where you put your coat. This is where you can sit and rest. This is where you can like keep a snack or whatever. Like that just never happened at this job. And I'm glad that I had the experience because it was kind of like really scary for me as a little teeny bopper. But I would eat these saltine crackers because they they didn't really like let me bring food in. You know what I mean? So that happened. And then one time I got so hungry and I cracked. And this girl, I don't know if I should tell this. I This little girl ordered these like chocolate chip pancakes and did not eat them. And she had like a hissy fit. And so then her parents were like, it's time to go. And I was just looking at the plate like, oh my gosh, those pancakes are delicious. And I absolutely ate that little girl's chocolate chip pancakes after they left like a little animal in the back of the restaurant i like snuck the plate and then i oh my gosh they were delicious i still remember those moments and it makes me very grateful i definitely learned the value of a dollar if you know what i mean and that being said this is kind of cute but when i think about finding a husband or like a life partner you know what i mean I always think like wouldn't it be really nice if i was so in love and happy with someone and the life that we've built that like i could work at that diner joyfully every day knowing that I was going to get to come home to that. You know what I mean? That seems like the ultimate thing to me. I think because that diner was like the worst experience ever for years. And I'm like, what do I have to do in my personal life? Because like money doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like all of this is such a sham, all this obsession with materialism. It's all just a scam. And so it's like if I need to pay my bills and like say we're just destitute and the best thing we can do is – get some diner jobs. You know what? Maybe we'll work at the diner together. It sounds like a good life. Totally envisioned in my head though. That being said, I'm going to head out. Thank you guys for listening. I I appreciate it. And I'll talk to you again on Wednesday. If you haven't yet, hit subscribe. Bye-bye. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525.